What's going on, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition, another installment, another episode. We are back in the building with the Black Men Win Podcast. This is your boy, Todd the Pie Guy. Welcome again to another edition, another installment, another episode of the podcast. We are here, Black Men Win Podcast. I'm super excited to be here. Drop a bomb for y'all just being here. I appreciate you guys. Um, First of all, before we get into the show, uh, before we get into this dope-ass interview, I want to say thank you to everybody that continues to listen to the podcast. We have over 400 streams already. You feel what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're new. Okay? We're only like less than 20 episodes in. We're new. We're fresh. And I just thank everybody for um, just continuing to listen, whether you're here in the uh, United States of America's. You feel what I'm saying? Or you are across the waters and the international seas all across the world. We appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to us. Okay, mm-hmm. you can check us out on uh, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the other motherfuckers. You feel what I'm saying? We're everywhere. Okay, so check us out. All right. Um, again, we do have a dope podcast today. And if Part of the first question of the Black Men Win podcast is literally letting the guest host gas themselves, right? The interviewee gas themselves. So I'm going to let my good brother um, gas himself on the show. So go ahead, brother. Introduce yourself. Well, I'm I'm actually going to like give you the Mac, man. Oh God! Watch my screen. (laughs) So we have the Mac. Actually, when you do something dope, Uh we hit that Bernie Mac real fast. That kick it! Come on! You don't understand. So we drop the Mac real fast. I ain't scared Uh, of you, motherfuckers. Come on! Oh man! Like, uh, I feel like we. This is dope, bro. This is dope, and uh, this is a really. I feel humbled by it. I feel humbled by it. I I appreciate you, man. Thank you, bro. I, you know, uh, this came at a great time, and this came at a time (laughs) when I felt like, bro, I, yeah, this was a motivational boost, and you didn't even know it. This was a motivational boost, so I appreciate that, man. So, uh, gas without having to sit there and say anything else, man. You had me gas when you fucking sent it the first message. (laughs) So I was like, "Damn, I'm winning!" Yes, man. Yes, man. Introduce yourself to the people, bro. Let them know who you are. Well, uh, for the purpose of uh, I knowing you, like in uh, IRL, right? Exactly. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say my full government. It is Jason Blanks, but online I am history. Well, history W for my game of stream yes. company, uh, community, but history Williams on actual podcast for the full government on mm-hmm. online. Uh, I am a, a thorough resident of New Orleans, Louisiana, hey. even though I live in Michigan. Uh, you never lose your southern home. You never lose your like who you are and Absolutely. who you are proud to be. Uh, I am a Hurricane Katrina survivor, and I have been trying to make sure I bring some whirlwinds in other places because of it. I've taken lessons from that person. Right. Uh, oh, well, that entity, that thing. And I do a video game stream on Twitch, right. uh, History W. Uh, I host tournaments, which is the Elder God on the Hill. Shout-outs to the Combat Cabana. We are a community Come on now. now. And also, on top of that, uh, I do host uh, two podcasts, uh, one with Jamel Watson uh, and um, um, Trip Freeman. 
as well. And then uh, that is called Talk a Big Game. And you can find those podcasts on, well, Making History, History Making. Um, you can find that on uh, Spotify as well as also Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your actual streaming pleasures from. Okay. So I. I am super proud of that. Uh, and I just like, uh, like Ty just now picked up Twitter. I have just now joined a YouTube community, community. So <laughs> I am, y'all know I don't I be am, on Twitter like that. Bro, Twitter. Is, uh, Twitter is an interesting thing, man. Uh, Twitter is uh, everything that Facebook is not. Facts. Uh, and oh, everything man. that Facebook is trying to be. Right. Uh, I know it's weird to say. Because Facebook has Instagram and Facebook has all these other entities. They they done went full meta, even though they're getting sued for saying meta now. Um, <laughs> they're everything that Facebook wants to be. Uh, right. It provided a platform for not only podcasters in a weird way, without yeah. having to have to play pay a company like Podbean or um, anybody else to actually do a stream. Right. They provided a platform. They still provide you abilities to do shorts and put up your actual videos and stuff like that. Right. And you can still, I'm sorry for like promoting Twitter. You I mean, I'm supposed to be promoting myself, but I do use Twitter. So history. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, and they also do like, um, provide like people with only fans without having to be only fans. So right. I, I, thought right. That, I thought that was crazy. That only fans was a thing. And then you got Twitter allowing people to do like their normal, like hustle. Right. So Twitter, is everything and you I mean give me that check mark as soon as possible uh thank you Listen, very much fact. <laughs> so uh with that being said man um let's get on to the show bro i i've i've been gassed since the first message hey yeah. man listen this is jason you feel what i'm saying this is jb you feel what i'm saying i call him jb you feel me um yes. i've i've known jb since our college days you feel what i'm saying yes. our master's degree days when we were both any titty bitty little tadpoles in this podcasting game. He literally was the first person to tell me all about the the latest podcasting equipment. You understand what I'm saying? Like any audio equipment that was coming out, I will always pick it up mm-hmm. and make sure that if I couldn't get it right, because I was a struggling ass 26, 27, 25 <laughs> struggling uh college student who was just trying to make it right so anything that i picked up from you on the audio track side i gave it to people who i knew could benefit from that i knew i was going to benefit from it now hence why i have the pod track p8 now shout out to you yeah right and shout out to my boy darius it was in that moment i'm like oh he's he's gonna he gonna he been doing he damn he knows some shit you feel what i'm saying and in a sense we were like very mirroring each other in a sense like just going at our own pace doing our own thing in grand rapids you know what i'm saying and really being like some podcasters in grant like some of the first black podcasters in grand rapids you know what i'm saying and it's funny because i was just talking to my boy the other yesterday I was like, it's funny how I left and everybody... Now, I'm not saying this is a trigger, right? I'm not yeah. saying this is the trigger for all the podcasts or I'm the trigger, right? Mm-hmm. But there was a correlation between me leaving and then 
a lot of other people, not just not just you, but a lot of other people coming out with podcasts around yeah. the West Michigan area. And yeah. I'm just like, huh, because West Michigan was my biggest market, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. Right. It was it was ridiculous how people were listening to me. But it was just like in that moment, I'm like, nah, I want y'all to listen to JV. You feel what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm like, he's he's one of those voices. I want you to listen to my other boy over here, because to me, people were just starting podcasts. Right. Podcasting became the new thing to do. Right. It yeah. The new the new cool thing to do. And I'm like. My thing is, I don't podcast just to podcast. This is this is what I love to do. This is I take pride in what I do. You understand what I'm saying? And and I think the people that I surrounded myself with, you and others that were around just the creative and audio space, I wanted to make sure that I'm like, these are people that literally are are, are here for the long haul. Right? They're yeah. not just trying to make something to make something and then go on about their business when it don't work and be like ah well that's it you know what i'm saying because we out here we were we were again we were some of the first you know black podcasters you know really to be at least locally prominent in 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 grand rapids and so i really i really do take take heed to that i want to give you flowers and say thank you for really you know being in those first steps with me going into that journey you feel what i'm saying and now you out here he's a big ass gamer okay yes game gamer out here you feel what i'm saying the gaming community you definitely know who jb is you feel yeah. me uh the well, history w they know history, history w. i'm sorry history <laughs> w they know history dub they know yeah. h-dub you feel what i'm saying yeah. they know h-dub in this bitch so you yeah. know and the podcast space knows history his story williams too so yeah. i wanted to get him on the podcast because again we have both grown um tremendously in this space and i wanted to give you your flowers brother and just say thank you <laughs> you are a dope you're a dope brother you feel what i'm saying so I appreciate that, man. And, you know, uh, I love radio. I've always loved radio yeah. since I was a kid. You know, uh, when I say Norman Robinson's of the world, nobody really knows that name outside of Louisiana and maybe Mississippi, Texas. Um, but uh, Wild Wayne, Norman Robinson, maybe Tom Joyner is a, a big one that people knows. But those guys. Tom Joyner. Tom Joyner is everything. Um, yeah. Those were the, the, the black men that raised me. Yep. Yeah. Godfather. Exactly. Those were the uh, black men that raised me when my dad couldn't, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and I mean that in a, in a very like loving way. My dad passed away when I was 14. And so I looked up to these men to be able to actually like show me what is a positive black man. I know that everybody was looking at Uncle Phil and looking at Carl, uh, uh, Carl Winslow and all the rest of these other people. But I was looking at these news people. And here's a key reason why. My mom, her punishment for me, I used to have to write book reports on the news. And so, like, New Orleans had a 24-hour cycle of news. So, like, you'll start at, at, like, 5 o'clock, right? Mm. And they'll play the same 5 o'clock news all the way to 9 o'clock. And then they'll play the same cycle of 9 o'clock news all the way to 12 o'clock. And then so on and so forth. So, I will watch the same cycle of news all over again. My mom didn't realize that actually the punishment that she was giving me is actually the thing that I started loving and enjoying. And so, um, when it came to me going to school, I started 
figuring out my voice and in radio more so. Right. So I wasn't planning on doing a podcast. I was planning on doing being a host of a radio show. Right. Um, it took me to go to undergrad to I mean, not grad grad school to be able to actually learn that like, man, it's honestly one of the same, you know? Mm. And when I was talking to you mostly, it was because of the fact that I was going down the route of maybe trying to be a producer and um, right. being somebody else's agent, not necessarily making the, the content anymore because I kind of lost faith in the projects. Right. Um, so when I was telling you everything, it was because of the fact that like, I honestly just seen potential and honestly, like I just love something. I love talking about this thing and right. you had that kind of interest. Um, and I am going to give you something that like nobody else has. I made friends with Jamel after graduating from a GVSU right. because of, of like the social network for Facebook. But like, truly, I never really had any like black friends or brown friends when right. I was at GVSU because GVSU is primi- uh, primarily white. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you because of the fact that like, you I mean, it was cool being able to go to grad, grad school and being able to actually have more of these black friends and brown friends. Uh, other than being in like what is Kirkhoff Center, you really didn't see no black people there and at that school. So uh shit, man. When you gonna do a black uh black man can win podcast for yourself, bro? When you gonna interview you? <laughs> that's, that's- hey, real talk. Um if you guys know the the behind the story, the behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying, behind the black man win. I actually did one in a written form behind um you know for me right yeah um and 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 i've gotten the it's interesting because every interview that i've done whether it be written or in podcast form um the questions that i'm asking are damn these are some good ass questions you know what i'm saying and so when i did it for myself i've I, I said the same thing. I was like, oh, shit, these are some deep ass questions that I'm I'm asking myself, you know, because when it came to the Black Men Win podcast, we didn't I personally didn't want this to be something as just of a saying. Right. I wanted it. I wanted this to be an affirmation. Right. This is not just a podcast, but it's an affirmation. I want you to understand that you are winning. I want the mechanic who is feeling like he's not making ends meet to know that you are t- doing your best. You know, we had a past interview, shout out to Eugene, who literally was like, as an adult, as particularly black men, we don't even hear you're doing your best. Right. And so, true. you know, what Very I'm saying? True. right. And so I, I have to I, I, when he said that from that day forward, I had to take that with me and be like, OK, hold up, because I'm a person who who loves to beat himself up. Right. I think at the end true. of the day, who. When you create, when you lay a foundation for something, when you're an entrepreneur, you want to be some, you're you're kind of a perfectionist in a sense. You understand what I'm saying? You want everything to go a certain way. You want it to go your way. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not going to do that, right? That's just life. And so you kind of have to not beat yourself up. And for me, I love to beat myself up because I'm like, ah, I tried to my hardest. I did this. I did that. But when he said like, yo, you're doing your best, Right. I was just like, damn, why don't we hear that as adults? Because we're always yeah. trying to, life is always trying to, you know what I'm saying? And so I had to take a moment to tell everybody like, yo, you're doing the best that you can with what you got. You understand what I'm saying? And it took me a long time for me to understand that. 
And so when I got that, I was like, we're doing the best that we can with what we got. We're in a pandemic right now. We're mm-hmm. still in a pandemic. Like, it ain't, it ain't left. You yes. know what I'm saying? We're still in a pandemic. We're, we're damn near in a depression, recession type of type of world right now. Things are happening. And we're just doing the best that we can with the resources that we have, man. So, again, I appreciate you for coming on the show. Um, I'm really excited for this. So let's get into it. Second question yeah. on the docket. Um, I talk about this a lot um we're in 2022 and i do believe as black men we are trying to be better um in the five areas of our black men ferris wheel as i like to call them right um in these five areas we we're trying to do better but i do believe there is i do believe there is a um there is still work to be done of course right and so how do you feel when how do you feel as a black man when it comes to these five areas um when we talk about black men tapping into um all of what they are spiritually mentally physically emotionally um uh what's what was the other one oh my god uh mentally spiritually emotionally physically yeah. financially right yeah. are we tapping into those and do we tap into some more than others and if we are tapping into some more than others, which ones do you think we're tapping into the most? And which ones do you think we need to tap into a little bit more? Um, To be honest, and uh, I'm going to re- try to regurgitate this question as back as possible. So, mm-hmm. like, where do you think that we are, like, as people, just hands down? Like, do you think um, that we are? So, because... I know you should say mentally. As far as mentally, I don't think that we're there, um, hands down, gotcha. because of the fact that uh, the the biggest emulator that black men has right now, mm-hmm. and they don't accept him, is Lil Nas X. I know that like a lot of people don't like talking about him. I know mm-hmm. that like it's taboo uh, about when you talk about black men, especially sexuality spirit right. uh, and like culturally who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, we've literally watched a black man metamorphosize into himself. Right. And um, it's okay to say, fuck them kids. Uh, and he said that on the breakfast club before um, he went on stage and performed and did a damn good show. Right. And just a man at the very end of it. Right. Um, he did a, a initiative to like uh, help with actual bail and bonds for black men and um, mm-hmm. brown people who are being locked up in prison and is promoting creativity. Right. And then still like promoting mental health right. hands down. Right. So I think that we have a template and looking at a person like Lil Nas X, I know that they got other people I can name, but I decided to go with the radical. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason being is because of the fact that, like, name another person who is actually as free as them is that as that person, and you can't. You really can't. You can name Jay Z, and realistically, he's. Uh, I would argue that he's imprisoned by his moniker. You know his uh his mystique. The same thing with Will Smith. Now you got Will Smith finally becoming this person. And now you learn about Jada. You learn about his family. Mm-hmm. You learn about him personally. So I look at a person like Will Smith and I do see the same emulation that Nil Nas X is doing mm-hmm. with that, in the same context. 
So like, I don't think that we're mentally there. Um, spiritually, I think hands down, I think that we still are spiritually there. I just think that like, it's not guided. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I am not a person that's anti-religious or anti like, um, any religion at all. I'm mm-hmm. a very spiritual person. I do believe that there's a higher power. I do believe that there's a God. I just can't say that there's a Jesus Christ that mm-hmm. I should be praying to mm-hmm. when I know that there's been 400 years of slavery behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, um, I do that believe that black men are the people of God, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a positive light. But I also do think that white people, brown people all are the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just misguided. And I think that like we use uh, religion as a cover. So that's why I think that we're spiritually tight. Mm-hmm. It's just misguided. Gotcha. So I think that we use religion as a, as a, a shield for everything else. Right. And I think it stops us from our money. I think it stops us from our emotional state. I think that right. it stops us from our mental health. Mm-hmm. Cause name one other big thing that stops you from being not only gay, but also tells you that you can't do a certain thing. If you're a black woman, um, oh, that's true. The in, church will do that to you. The church will tell you straight up that, that you can come you. as you are, Religion come as you are, come as you are, but then we'll sit there and judge you looking dead in your face and tell you, Ooh, baby, you got to pull that skirt up. You got to pull yeah. that skirt up, baby. Yeah. But wait, you just yeah. said, if this, yeah. if, and I don't want to take it there, but I'm going to take it there. If a crackhead come into the church looking for, let's call mm-hmm. it salvation. Yes. Then if you're telling the public, uh-huh. come as you are, because let me say, let me say something. My church back in Detroit. Uh-huh. New Hope Missionary Baptist Church where the bishop. Yeah. Okay. Reverend Do- the doctor David yeah. L. Roberson presides. Okay. I still know yeah. it. I still know it. Yes. When I tell you when he said, come as you are. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> they came as they were JB. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, now they will be in the back of the church. Because, of course, you you don't want to come to the front. I get that. People are going. But you did have, have some of those bold ones who came to the front and was like, we didn't judge them, though. I looked at them yeah. and I'm like, okay, shit. Well, you said come as you are. I'm coming in slacks. They're coming in jeans, right? Yeah. I may be a little yep. clean. They may be a little dirty because they're coming off the street and they need some help, right? Mm-hmm. The difference is that I see a lot of times and and – Let's just keep it a bean in Grand Rapids, too. When you said come as you are, the judgment of me coming as I am, if I Mm -hmm. woke up out the bed and I said, oh, my God, I'm late for church, I'm going to come and this, this, and this, that doesn't necessarily go with your dress code. Wait a minute. But you just told me. So I, I, I definitely understand that concept. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, it's not, it's not, uh, the one thing that I would say is that, like, name a black man that's not conf- confident in their God. And that's, that's, uh, I'm a bomb for that. Uh, you, you see black men just like kneeling when they hit a touchdown. You know what I mean? Right, they right. think that they mama and the Lord, they, you know, there's nothing more confident than a black man in their God. Right. So I think that spiritually, like, you, 
we as people were designed for that. You know what I mean? So I just think that like, as black men are right now, there's mm-hmm. nothing changing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you even have like people who are like sitting there, even then they be doing a song that's satanic. Right. You go under the same breath and say that I hope that God bless me and like watches over me. You know, um, you um, you have Scarface uh, with uh, Tup- uh, Tupac or Machiavelli at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that you know, as I walk through the valley, you know what I mean. He not that's Coolio. I'm sorry, Coolio said to walk through the valley of shadow doubt, but it's a religious thing, right? Right, right, right. Even Scarface did it with Machiavelli, you know what I mean? That was the whole Hail Mary thing, it was about killing the person, but then you say Hail Mary, right? Like, you know, it's a religious thing, right? So um, and then you got Scarface after talking about like death, you know, he says a whole goddamn prayer at the end of it. So name, n- name something that a black, um, more confident than a black man with their God. And, um, when it comes to finances, man, hands down, I just think that like, if we're not mentally there, if we're not like emotionally there, say it, we're never going to be financially. there. Woo! Um, and that's it. And so. That's it. Um, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, you know, I think no, it took, it took, no. a, yeah, it, it took a long time for me to accept one thing. And I know that this is going to sound like this is not sexist. This is not me giving up no man card or anything like that. I learned that like, I can't trust myself for money. Woo! So like, and that's I, I, say it again. I can't, but I got a great partner my wife, and you that, know, and, say, yes. My wife is the one that basically like takes over that aspect mm-hmm. of it. So like, I don't even let her tell me I'm kind of like took the T-Pain route is that like, I don't even like wanting to know wanting how much money. Know, is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Because I will, I will sit there and do the math on how I can work <laughs> and stretch this money <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. So I would do the math on it. And it's just <sighs> like, it's completely, because as black men, we don't want to lose that. That yeah. is, that is the one I, I listen. And I and I and I, I kind of want to go here. If you if if you put money, financial security, and uh-huh. and having anything else, it's like we're going to choose financial security. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that haunts every black man in in the back yeah. of their minds. Every black, like I mean, every last one. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you do, what you're doing, how you're doing it. It haunts us. Why do you think we hustle so hard? Why yeah. do you think we go so crazy? Mm-hmm. Because we're not trying to be broke. We don't want to live. Or I know this is how my 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 OGs would say it. We didn't want to live like our parents did, or how we were growing up when we were little. We wanted to have cash in our pocket. Yeah, and some people went to various means to get it you feel what i'm saying but as we're chasing the dollar again to your point i don't think we're ch- we're, we're we're bypassing everything else yes. right and i think the over the last few interviews the the real common theme has been like if we could get our mental spiritual emotional the financial and the physical will be just fine. Definitely calm. it will just Man. be just fine Man, and you know, 
um, I'm I'm going to dig a little bit deeper when I say this because I have kids. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when it comes to that, uh, I, obviously, if you're mentally and emotionally, we already know the the impact of that. Right. But if you're not, if you're constantly chasing after that money, uh, then you're taking away more time away from your family. Right. Ooh, you're not taking time right. to like yep. pause. Right. For yourself. So you you start in that same trend. We talk about the school to prison pipeline, but we never talk about the pipeline between the actual like neglectful parents, mm. the neglectful like aspect of like how we become abusive parents as right, well right and you don't even realize it sometimes as parents that we do some abusive ass shit because right. the first thing we say well back in my day my mom would have brought it. a switch back in and my so, day <laughs> yeah there's a whole video there's a whole video and i know that the guy meant it as a joke but like but it, mom it, is talking it, to yeah yeah i know exactly yeah. what video you're talking about yep yes mom talking to her grandbaby in the back of the car and the guy was like well, they got all these trees back there. Back in my day, you would have you would have spanked me and gave me the, the hand and everything like that. And you see the grandma talking. He said, "Oh, now you change. Now you differ now." You know, but that shows that 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 generational as well. Yeah. And that doesn't stop with black people. It, it's white kids. My 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 wife is uh, native and Mexican. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a thing, and we constantly do the same it trend is. over and over. It again. is. You know what? It is. I had to. We. I know. For me, I was like, this is not just a black thing. This is it's a generation thing. You feel what I'm saying? Like exactly. it's like OGs from every race back in like the. 40s 50s 60s and damn near the 70s yeah. hell the 80s if you want to call it there too they were whooping asses you understand what i'm yeah. saying like you wasn't not yeah. not getting your ass whooped unless you was in a rich 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 ass community you feel me like if you had it rough you was getting your ass whooped it didn't matter what who you were you feel what i'm saying like i think i think i think at the end of the day through the 40s through the eighties, I think every child who was born during that time who is alive right now can sit here and say, like, yo, we got our ass tagged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a thing, man. It's it's a sad and it's a thing that we have to like reflect on. Right. And now and, our know, OG and now our OGs are just looking like, damn, we maybe we shouldn't have did that. But see, that's why I'm an observer. Because I don't want to do the same things that our forefathers and forefathers did you feel what i'm saying because we shouldn't be passing on that trauma and that goes really into the the third question of generational patterns we used to call them generational curses but i don't like that word anymore i don't like that that (laughs) phrase you understand what i'm saying because the more i get into my interviews the more we talk about generational patterns whether they be curses or blessings you understand what i'm saying um again we had an interview he was just like we talk about the generational curses so much but why would why don't we ever talk about the generational blessings so going into the third question where generational patterns do you see that are maybe negative or positive and um what can we do to to try to tap into those a little bit more so we can change those um I am going to say this, man. And this is, this is, uh, you coincidentally was there. Um, mm-hmm. the first time that I came out, uh, technically was with my wife laying down in, in the bed and we was talking, uh, we came out to each other. Um, uh, and so, um, but the first real time that I came out in public mm-hmm. was, uh, about being pansexual. Right. And, uh, it was a very fucking tough thing to talk about. Right. was being pansexual right 
And so um, the pattern, though, in this this has heavily to do with because under that same conversation, I had to have to say that I'm not only pansexual, but I'm a victim of sexual assault over years. Right. And I had to basically kind of reconcile with that. The first generational like pattern that we have is this idea of like, oh, yeah, because you've been sexually assaulted. That means that you're going to be like, you're going to be. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're going to be this. And none of my kids I've touched inappropriately. I actually have a phobia of touching my kids. And I had to kind of understand that, like, I have a phobia. I'm touching oh. my kids. Like, that's a fucking like bad just, thing. Like, just trying to hug them. Yeah. So, mm. like, I'll, I'll hug them now. I've been, I've been, like, working on it. Like Right, 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 right. But, like, it was a uncomfortable thing to give my kid a bath. You know, or oh, my wow, wife would, like, oh, Jay. take pictures of, like, you sitting in the bathtub. So, I would sit there in the bathtub. Like, I'll be, like, miserable. Mm-hmm. Because when I was younger, I was sexually assaulted for years. Right. And then I'm so the sorry worst about thing that too. Like, Jesus oh no, Christ. it's cool, bro. I got, I, Jesus you know, I, that's a that's a story I could tell you, and I can kind of like fall back and kind of just like learn from it. Yeah. But the thing that made me and I didn't really come out about that and like accept it until much later, until my late twenties. It, it took mm. me almost graduating from grad school to be. I'm, a, I'm an undergrad to be able to actually come out about this and talk about this. Right. Uh, so that means I was like 27, 28 when I did that. Wow. But uh, there was a situation that happened. Um, I was living in Slidell, Louisiana, and mm. my mom was dating this guy. Uh, we was going to go visit him, and she picked up his daughter. We went to Winn-Dixie, and then um, um, she was from the projects. And so, like, seeing Lunchables for me was like, Oh man, we just seen Lunchables because I live in Slidell, which is right. kind of like Holland or like one of these upscale white neighborhoods. Exactly. In, exactly. Uh, in. Right. <laughs> so uh, there was very few black people. So when you came from New Orleans to Slidell, mm-hmm. it was a very big like, oh y'all niggas ain't changing. Y'all ain't y'all ain't no different. Right. Y'all not gonna do. This, y'all ain't gonna like, do the same shit. Yeah. Exactly. So. Uh, she was staring at these lunchables. She, she was staring at all this food, and you I mean I told her I said my mom told me to go get her and tell her to go get set in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's about to go check out, and I told her I said let's go, and uh, she screamed out, "You're not my daddy! You don't get to tell me what I do, bro." She oh, did this whole shit. thing. Oh shit! I'm like 14, 15 years old. Already, when you're a black man, you look like a grown ass man. When exactly. You're about so you about big as hell, like, probably, and she's like, "You towering exactly. over me." <laughs> now, granted, now granted, she's black yeah. too, right, right. But you right. doing this, you doing this in Slidell, Louisiana. Now I'm gonna fuck your head up even more. There was a girl. Her name was Lisa Bruno. I'm sorry for putting your name out, but Ned she dropped. was nationally known. Yeah, no, no, she was in national news, dog. Oh, she shit. was on fucking uh, America's Most Wanted. The reason being is because of the fact that she kept. She was getting kidnapped by her uncles and she got kidnapped multiple times. <gasps> this is the same town. Oh, so this town shit. was known for this abduction thing. So when you say, don't touch me, you're not my daddy and you're doing this. I was like, wow. Ever yeah. since then, bro, I just never touched kids. Really. I get it. I hear you. So I have a, a, a hard phobia of that. I so going into that question about the generational court, uh, like, the patterns mm-hmm. 
is that my family, that same family, even though I told them about this happening, mm-hmm. they never accepted the fact that like we had a history of sexual assault. So beyond the person that had sex, uh, sexually assaulted gotcha. me, there other family members that had sexually assaulted them. And it was a hard thing to talk about. And wow. we never said anything about it. Um, and even then, the person that did it to me, they knew that he did try to do it to somebody else before. And they just said, because of the fact that I was a boy, he wasn't going to do that to me. And so it kind of <laughs> wow. fucking, it was a fucking thing. So, and it's not a, like a shit on my family. I'm sorry. Like can that. we, can, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cause I, I just, I take very, I take sexual assault very seriously and I just yeah. cringe and be ready to fuck some niggas up because I just, it's like, like it, it just, it, it, but that's a pattern. That's, that's what I'm saying. It though. Is. It's, You're it's right. Not, and it, and it, and, and it makes me cringe. And I'd be one of, I was about to ask you, can we go fuck this nigga up? Like, no, <laughs> like what's good? No, man. I'm going to tell you this, bro. And this is how, like, uh, I've, I feel like I've done better and I've yes. done different. Right. Is that, like, I've made peace with it. Like, now, technically, it took me to 28. Now, in between that time, I've lived with the nigga right. beyond that. And this is after it. And um, after, like, my dad passed, this is, like, after all of this stuff mm-hmm. happened. Like, um, and I've made peace with it a long time ago. It took me having my own kids, about to graduate with my degree, realize that I was still not happy mm-hmm. to be able to actually accept that and realize that my wife was not happy to accept that. And... I think that the biggest thing that we need to do as people, it's obviously the, the, the first offender is when I say this is go to get, get counseling. Like obviously right. go get counseling, go get therapy, right. but then also make peace with your family. Despite the fact of what you feel, we always sit there and say that like, Oh, forgiven, uh, forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. It's okay to remember, just mm-hmm. forgive them, move right. on. And, you know, uh, but then also on top of that, just remember, I mean, I think that the best part that I learned about my wife is I'm considered the happy-go-lucky person. I talk to you, I'll talk your head off. Right. My wife will sit there and listen to you. And we kind of balance each other out. But my wife is also the person who is angry mm-hmm. and allows herself gotcha. to be angry. And gotcha. I don't. I'm kind of like uh, where you said that, like... Um, I would beat myself up before I let somebody else have a bad day. Exactly. And so I had to learn it's okay to be angry. Absolutely. um, When I can't do it, she definitely does like kind of back me up in that. Right. So it's okay to be angry. But then my final resolve is this is being from us. We, we done communications, right? We definitely learned the most important thing is honestly to be able to do what? communicate exactly and so um i think that the most important thing we need to do is just practice just making partners making making friends date yourself date each other Mm -hmm. and i mean that by in a in a in a not in a sexual way i'm you can be platonic with a date you can go out with friends right and call it the fucking date night you know what i mean do that because once you do that, bro, you, you'll find yourself, you'll find what you like, you'll find what you want, but you'll also find the things that make you get past right. those struggles and those hard times. That, so man. that would be the best way I feel is to get over it, is talk about it, but also on top of that, find new shit to kind of resolve your situation. We exactly. can't waddle on our own problems and we can't <sighs> waddle in drugs and shit like that. We can't. That's we facts. can't, bro. That is facts. So, 
generational curse is a fucking urban legend. Um, I would say generational patterns just are designed to be broken. They're patterns. They're, patterns. They're meant to be broken. Uh, you can win fucking Pac-Man a total different way. You mean, we've seen the movie Pixel. It proved it. Right. So, <laughs> I know. I, I just, Facts. Because it did. So, it proved it. It, it. it did, though. It did. You can use cheat codes. <laughs> you can use cheat codes. It sure did. God damn it. It sure did. So... Um, so Go ahead. I'm I, sorry. So I guess that goes in, like, going into that because because that's heavy. You feel what I'm saying? And I feel like one of the things when it comes to generational patterns is that um, the family or we just love to not say anything. Not just, and I don't even want to say say anything. Scratch that. Yeah. The family doesn't want to believe. It's so many cases, and yours included. So many stories that I've heard when it came to sexual assault, men and women both, Mm -hmm. where the family is not believing the child. You feel what I'm saying? Understand, this is a child coming to you. Yeah, your your baby. Like I could, it it can never. I, I don't know if it's just me, Jay. It just does not ever register to me how you cannot believe your child. You feel what yeah. I'm saying? It never registers reg- like any excuse that any parent gives me can be valid, right? It can be valid. But at the end of the day, I still don't understand because I know for a, f- a fact if I said any of that shit to my mama, any of that, she's going to jail. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? It's not even, it's not even a, uh, 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 he did what? It's a, oh, say less. You understand what I'm saying? It is a, yeah. I'm going to go fuck that nigga up. Or I'm going to go fuck this girl. I'm going to go fuck somebody up. Uh-huh. So it could never register in my head why parents or your guardian is not believing you. I mean, it's a, it's a thing that I think that we've all developed is that like again, this is why I say date yourself is that right. like you'll learn to um know what you like and what right. you love. And um I think that the hardest thing is and this is a conversation that we had at this town hall man because GVSU as much as they want to uh, talk about like how great they are at a school, it's not a bad school. No, uh, but not it's a also school. school. It's it's a school that also has a heavy history of sexual assault and sexual uh, and what? rape and stuff like that. It's a, bro. The, so they had a whole fucking town hall. The um, the then dean, um, God, I forget, feel bad that I forgot his name. Um, but the then dean, he was every time I seen the dude. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like he engaged with me or anything like that. Right. He've always seemed like he just loved that school. Right. Uh, so when people were kind of like chasing after him, that was kind of like a hard fucking thing. And it was mostly black people who was fucking talking. It was mostly black and brown people who was talking about it. Right. And I respect that. I respect the anger behind it. I respect the like the feeling behind it as a person who went through sexual assault. But going back into your question about uh, your statement about like children not believing in children, right? 
one of the things that I stated was that like, how can I scream out about a woman being raped while there's a dude who probably been raped as well? Facts. While he was pledging, uh, pledging for a fraternity, uh, while he was drunk one night and then so on and so forth. Right. How can I scream that out? How can I protect that person as well? We're talking about putting nightlights out so people can catch the bus. Right. But what about the situations where we're in a social situation? So I think that we culturally and have developed this ability to basically think that everybody can be positive. Right. So that nobody has the the ability to be able to like do this thing and um kind of going to like charlemagne the god says don't expect yourself in everybody else right right facts so i think that that's why we can't believe our child because of the fact that when our child say that this thing happened that person it may be our family member that's what makes it worse is the fact that it's not usually somebody a stranger. It's usually the our fam- family member. And see, my thing is, yo, if, he, if if listen, if they did what they did, you feel yeah. what I'm saying? If they did yeah. what they did, somebody needs to get their ass whooped. All that, that's all somebody I'm saying. Somebody needs to get their ass whooped and somebody needs to get their ass whooping. We yeah, need to we need, need forgiveness, forgiveness, for real. Yeah. But forgiveness comes after the ass whooping. But yeah, it, even then, here here's the thing. And um that's I, all I'm saying. I, I, I and I'm sorry to sound metaphorical, but you can also do ass whoopings without having to put put a hand. Up. Listen, so, oh, uh, my, my wife is a firm. My wife is a firm believer in like karma, bro. And, uh, facts. Put these hands so, though. But these hands though. I just I don't you know. Hands <laughs> well, I, I as a person who learned how to fight and everything <sighs> like that, hands can break when you punch somebody. I, so who, that's who facts. That is so, true. But these I would hands, say though, this. I'm just saying. I know. So I would rather like you know, and this is where I say that spirituality. This is where black people need to work on their spirituality yes. as well. Yes. Is oh, oh, trust me. I'm I'm still I'm a work in progress. Yes. We all so, works in progress, amen. Uh, yeah, man, definitely, bro. Fuck, fuck man. <laughs> oh. oh man, uh, bro, I can't stop cussing, man. Oh. And uh, what? this is like the best that I've been doing with cursing. Uh, but with that, you know, like I am, I can't say that I'm proud to say, but like I am kind of like, I guess, uh, tongue in cheek, like. Right. The idea that like knowing that this person who has done this thing to me is struggling right. hard right. with mental health, with right. financial health, with their relationships with other people. I didn't have to lift up a hand. I didn't even have to say anything to them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I I, I guess uh, take you know, pleasure. Because you know God you or the have. higher power that you look up to really has yes. your back. You know what I'm yes. saying? They mm-hmm. that that entity really has your back. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? And when you give you give it to to God or whoever you pray to, if you mm-hmm. give it to that and it's just like, yo, I'ma just keep moving. It's gonna be days where it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be days yeah. where it's gonna be I'm I'm gonna have to break down, cry, get angry, scream, you know, maybe yeah. go to the gym, get this anger out, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Cause I know cause Jay, I know it's been moments where you wanted to lay hands on that man. You understand what I'm saying? I I know it was moments where you wanted to choke this guy. 
there was there was one time though and this is me being like truthful and yeah. um is that and this is a conversation I had with my wife about it too mm-hmm. and my wife doesn't like the person but hey, uh, think sh- you're lucky she oh, didn't no, no, shoot no, no, him JB no 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 you're lucky she didn't get her nine miller no so the person who uh I was living with my uh grandmother at the time uh-huh. and the person the person who had this happen they were living with uh, living with us mm-hmm. and they would get like really pissed because of the fact that uh I had this girl come over. Mm-hmm. Well, my grandmother started getting attached to the girl and started mm-hmm. liking the girl because she's seen that she was there all the time. My grandmother start, actually had the girl's number. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when my grandmother was actually laying in her deathbed, she was a double knee amputee at the time. Oh, wow. And um, when she couldn't do nothing and she couldn't get in contact with this person that was that, like I said, was my perpetrator. Uh, my grandmother would call the girl. Mm-hmm. And then um, for help to come and help her. So that was a whole fucking thing. Wow. And then, uh, of course, when me and that girl broke up or we stopped talking to each other, uh, my wife became that new person as well. And also, I still kind of was like there as much as possible as well. Right. So it was a whole thing, you know. Um, And me and that that person, my perpetrator, had the audacity to yell. Because that girl was there all the time. And it wasn't always because of the fact that I called her. It was because of the fact that, and he didn't realize this, is that my grandmother called her right. to come over. Right. You know, and I just felt like that was a fucking, like, dope thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is not saying that that person is insane or anything like that. But that was a that was a, a extra weight lifted off. Life, it lifted sometimes. off each other. Amen. Yeah. You know what? Amen to that. So because so there was times when I did want to. Be I know like, you did. Duh. Because you know, uh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I and I, I will want to say this. This is the one thing. Hmm. The time that I really felt like this is when my family defended him after the oh, most no. defended him. So they didn't defend him in the way that like, oh, well, he would never do that. Right. It was a defense in like, what would make him want to do that? Oh, that's the same thing. Jay, I would have caught him. Same thing. And that's what made me feel like, you that's know, that's the what? same sh- like that's the that's the what same statement would- reversed. And then they, yeah. And then they they was like, Well, he was around this other person's uh, dad a lot. Maybe he did something to make him no. do that. And it's like you got nah, me bro, up. Some people are masters. Some people are just evil. Yes. You know, it happened to me. Did I go and go haul off and go touch my kids? Exactly. And the answer is no. I never touched my kids. And that's because of the fact that I just knew that was fucking wrong. And I knew how that fucking made me feel. Exactly. So we need to get out of that idea, bro, that like this generational curse or pattern is meant to be broken. Period. We need to get out of the idea of like, Oh man, cash rules everything around me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it does. It it does. You do need to buy shit to make yourself live, right? But you do not need money to sustain, right? You need to have yourself be at zen, at a core positivity, be and make peace with a lot of shit before you can decide to work at any job. Because if you don't have your mental health together, tell me one day. Your boss tell you go mop that floor that you don't be like, man, fuck this shit and walk away. You gotta get some you gotta get that some is true. That is true. before anything financially come out. Well that, that then that goes into our fourth question. Where do you think um 
because we're, we're I, and and I believe this was going into the fourth question for real because we were talking about what what we can do better, um, mm-hmm. not just as black men but as a people. How can we be better in these in these patterns that we see, and not just with sexual assault, but with any of these patterns that have been yeah. kind of bringing us down in a sense how can we as black men specifically um individually and as a collective uh kind of help the next generation because as a father um and with kids you are you are literally um pouring into the next generation i have nieces and nephews so we're pouring into the next generation they are the ones that's going to be looking at us right we already have the youth you know, 18 mm-hmm. to 21, 22, looking at us like, oh, my God, how are they doing this? How are they doing this? How are they doing this? Yada, yada, yada. Pulling and picking our brains, you know, looking at us like, well, y'all are now the OGs, right? Y'all are now the old heads and everything like that, which I really don't consider, right? But at the end of the day, that's how they frame us, yes. right? They're coming up to us now. We're the uncles. We're the dads. You know, we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the godfathers and everything. We're the ones... That are going to be teaching. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? So how can we individually and as a collective, um, with everything that we've discussed so far, help um, and assist the next generation coming forward? I would say uh, the biggest thing, and I don't have no answers, um, the greatest answers at all. You know, um, this would be definitely be a, a social work question for me. Um, but if my wife was sitting here, um, or any of the people that I know for social work sitting here is one obvious thing is let your kids be kids, like hands down. I think that like, I know that people make fun of the fact that like kids are always in front of screens, but what is not a more kiddish thing than you getting so curious about a high tech device or the like the latest thing like if you would have put a cell phone in front of a kid in 1890 they would have been like man what strange thing from god is this yeah. you know, like, <laughs> they would have been like what the fuck is this so this <laughs> idealism yeah exactly so right, this idealism right. that like oh the kids are sucking to this and back and you know we had well you didn't have this thing that's why video games boom so well that's why audio boom so well you know, if if it wasn't so important that this device was not, uh, not in front of you, then uh, why do we have like technological growth? Why do we not have things be better? We had kids watch a screen and say, man, bro, Spock is talking into his watch. And now look at it about 30, 40 years later. Now we can talk to our damn watch and tell us like, text messages, videos, and stuff like that all the time because somebody was a kid and watched that stuff and was glued to that screen. So um, accept that your kid is being a kid when they're looking at an iPad. Accept that you also need to take the place of being able to actually expose your kid to those same stimuli in real life. So if you see that they are playing video games like Minecraft, show them Legos. You know, if you are seeing them play video games like um, Candy Crush, go teach them how to cook. Go teach them how to bake. You know, I would say show them those real stimuli in real life. Right. Um, That would be the first thing. But then also on top of that, um, don't hide real life solutions and real issues uh, from your kids. Right. Uh, One of the dopest fucking shows 
and I hope that they get a second season right now. And I'm falling in love with the show slowly but surely. It's not because it's black. It's because of the fact that like some of the shit is just fucking just real stuff that we just never talked about, which right, was Wonder right, Years. Right. The Wonder Years has an episode. I want to say it's episode three. Mm-hmm. And uh, the main character, the kid in the main character, uh, he goes up and uh, his friends are looking at these what they call dirty magazines mm. and just the word dirty magazines they you notice that they learn to change it into adult magazines at right the end. right right and then uh he was thinking that it was his uh he went to go look around he was like yeah man that's one thing that every man has is his own stash his own and stash. he went around and he went around and he finally found the stash of magazines <laughs> well then he brought it to school yeah he brought it to school well <sighs> it was this whole thing uh, he got in trouble for it. The right. principal called the dad. The right. dad got, uh, got there. And then the dad just did nothing but like, I'm just going to talk to him. And then when he got in the car, he said, I'm not going to talk to him. You're not going to talk to mom about it. Welcome to the man club. That's it. And so it was, it was a big thing, right? Here's the fucked up part about it. The magazines was never for the dad. The magazines was for the mom. I'm sorry. Oh! That's the, that's the, Here's the real fucking thing. That's lit. That's lit. It was for the mom. And here's the real and the most funny is and the thing is it was for the mom. And uh, the kid thought, oh, man, that's cool. My mom talked to me about this. So he went to school again and talked about all this shit that he learned from his mom. Everything from like periods to about like all this stuff. And I know everybody was like, nah, mom gets called home. Well, to school. And the parents of the girl that he talked to was like, well, maybe you should have your husband now talk about this. And the boy was like, why is my mom not saying nothing? Why is my mom not doing anything about Mm -hmm. it? And so that day he realized that his mom was actually the strongest person in the whole room and more forward thinking than anybody in the room because it took a lot for her to be able to actually own her sexuality, but then also talk to different people about it. The dad of the boy... I'm sorry, um, the main character, his dad already knew that she had the magazines. He just never talked about it because of the fact that he just knew that it would be not acceptable society-wise. And one of the things that she also brought up was that, like, she missed her husband. She loved her husband. So the men that was in that magazine looked like her husband. That's the reason why she got that magazine. So... I say this to you, this this whole scenario from the Wonder Years. First off, go watch the Wonder Years and also ABC sponsor me. Um because <laughs> yeah, I've been Twitter and so ABC, bro. They need to sponsor me, bro. Cause hey, I was hey. I was fucking like talking shit. But here is the thing uh about it is the fact that like if we be honest with our kids, that it's okay to feel a specific way, but also on top of that, it's okay to express those things without actually having to at that point in time, worry about the consequences. Right. We will have so much of a better growth emotionally. Got you. Um, in that part, you know, I, I feel like we get it backwards. When going back into your first question, mm-hmm. I feel like we get it backwards. That uh, the most important growth needs to happen emotionally. Uh, or, I'm sorry, mentally, then emotionally. Right, right, right. And right, then right, the spiritual right. stuff comes along. Right. The spiritual stuff and the physical stuff, everything else comes along. Right. 
Uh, and the reason, so if you're talking about it, mentally you're processing that this is okay to come out. This is okay to do this specific thing and be who you are, you know, and own it. Well, then you're going to get happy. You're going to feel good when right, you notice right, that you're right, right, facts, honest. Facts. But then it's also going to be a fucking moment of Zen. It's going to be a moment that you know that like you, you have surpassed your fucking skin at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Because if it's a lie, then when you read the Bible, when a person says they found the partner or a man finds a woman, what they did usually find in the a Bible, what it says. What, what a, good thing. a good thing. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, a good thing, right? So how good do you feel knowing that you read this piece of message? Right. It is internalized. You found the good person. Right. And then you associate automatically, God must have been involved. Right. So, you know, we need to t- take the next generation and just be able to give them more situations where they not only mentally stimulated and they're okay with the fact that like, this is a new thing and this is a part of my new ecosystem. Mm -hmm. But then also emotionally accept what their actual response is to that uh, ecosystem. I like that. Uh, So, and parents need to learn to evolve. Parents and adults need to learn to evolve. Uh, I have a big problem with playing Roblox and Minecraft, but (laughs) do I need to learn how to play Minecraft? No. Right, right, right. But I can find a different video game to associate with them. I can't right. just block off the idea of video games. Right. I need to be able to associate those ide- uh, those ideas with my kids. I need to be able to connect with them in a specific way. So that would be my advice is that, like, not only uh, let your kids be kids, you know, but also on top of them, find that way to connect with them on that level. This is coming from a man that struggled really fucking hard to connect with my kids. I had a hard time being able to give my kids like hugs and love. When I got my son in my hand, bro, I was mm-hmm. like, I told my wife, I said, I can't let go of him. Oh, yeah. I was Come on, Jay I couldn't let go of him. So when my son was first born, uh, my wife was like, why are you in touch him yet? Because well, like it took me about four or five hours to be able to actually touch my son. Right. So all the people kept coming in and grabbing him and like saying that uh, like, oh, he's an adorable baby. And I told them straight up, uh, my wife was like, are you going to like, are you going to hold your, your kid? Do you not like him or mm-hmm, anything like that? Mm-hmm. I told her, I said, I'm going to let everybody get their hugs and kisses out because when I hold him, I'm not letting go of him. Yeah. And I think that that idea should sink in with people is that like when you get that kid in your hand or when you see that kid that you want to mentor, don't let go of him. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of times we get these mentors and they just like. Yeah, bro, I did my job. Two years out. Peace. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. That's it. Don't let go of him, bro. When he's 30 years old, 40 years old, he still needs a mentor. It doesn't change. And that's facts. So that's my advice, I guess. I feel you, No, I appreciate that because you know what? When we talk about mental and the emotional, I think that are the, the two out of the three that I feel like we need to fix or not even first. fix, but tap into more first, um, yeah. especially when it becomes our uh, our spiritual as well. So um, thank you for that. For real, for real. Um, last question before we get out of here. Um, yeah. When you hear the phrase black men win, what does that mean to you? Um, 
I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Uh, so I had a tough time with my stream, and I was thinking about like dropping it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about dropping it, and um, I constantly hear people say, "Man, like you've grown so much more compared to what you first started," and I just don't believe it. Oh, try that. And, uh, bro, I just That'd don't be believe me too. it. <laughs> I just don't believe it. And it feels like that. It's it's like uh, uh be so it's funny. a sad thing, but some of this is like weight gain. You right. don't realize right. you're fat until you realize that you can sit the cup on your stomach. Facts. You know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I would say that like um when I think that black men can win. I think that like it's not because of the materialistic things you don't done. I think the part that makes you win is your legacy that you left behind. And I have one of my deepest, darkest fears, and I have to kind of accept this, is that I don't want to be like my dad. Um I love my dad. My dad was an amazing man. But what I mean by that is my dad wanted to be a writer. My dad loved writing, but when he was 19 years old, he had to take care of a seven-year-old kid, a 12-year-old kid, and like a 16-year-old. I think that's what his sister was, 16-year-old, because both his parents died from cancer. He had to do this without any financial gain and everything like that. Once his siblings got old enough to get out the door, he then got with a woman, got her pregnant, got married, had three kids with her. And he became a police officer at the time and also a truck driver at the time, became a dog trainer. Right. And that schooling idea of going back to writing mm-hmm. just kind of went out the window. And then when he did write for people, they stole his shit and didn't even give wow. him no royalties for it. So when my dad died, he died with a legacy of, of being a great man that was a just happens to be a bus driver. Uh, I'm sorry, a bus driver that happens to be a great man. And um, I think that when you say black men can win, I want that to be, I'm a great man and I just happen to be a streamer or I happen and to be And that's it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't want to be recognized yes, as the other way around. Right. And so um, when I think a black man can win, I think that it's a, it's a statement that no different than Black Lives Matter is mm-hmm. that like, hey, I'm not saying that white people can't be great or be an amazing person. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that like any person that's brown or whatever. It's just the fact that like the idealism that like you're black, you're known as as instantly Thanos yes, as soon as you walk in the room. Yep. When you say black men uh, win. I think that like it's a statement that says the opposite. Because mm-hmm. if anybody watch a Marvel or MCU stuff, Thanos went into the movie, uh, the TV show What If, and he helped T'Challa to be able to actually get uh, the Infinity Stones. Right, and he gave some of the Infinity Stones to planets so they can cure uh, world hunger, universal hunger. Right, so they were able to grow crops and use those stones <clears throat> in different types of ways. Right. So when we look at Thanos and what if he's a good guy in that episode, when you look at uh black men can win, uh, um, black men win, I would say that like, we need to look at it like that. Black men do make mistakes. They do get set in their ideas, but it takes time for them to change and be able to be better and learn how to be 
a black man, Absolutely. you know, and grow from a, being a black boy, being a black man. So um, that's what I'm thinking of when I see it is the fact that I apologize if it sounds mumbled mouth. Like, no, go great, go crazy, man. I just, I just think that like when you look at it, it's uh, when I hear black men win, it's a statement that we too can be great. Yes. We can do yes. good. Yes. So that's what I think about it when I hear it. man that and 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 that's what it that's what it's supposed to be like you understand what i'm yeah. saying because when we think about black girl magic when we think about the 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 so many sayings that um and it, and it really derived from black black girl magic for real because i wanted a uh-huh. saying that was you know concrete for black men and, and i know black women are going to be like oh well you still i i you know if, the crazy part is black women support this pot, this platform just as much as black men. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. Because this yeah. is not a platform to sit here and just give you your flowers. We're going to talk through some shit. We're going to explain some shit. We're going to really get to the depths of some things when it comes to the black male psyche. You understand what I'm saying? And how yes. we want to get things together for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so um, I did derive it from black girl magic. I wanted it something to be, an affirmation because I'm like black men, we don't have one. We don't yeah. have something that we can get behind. We're always trying to get, get, get to the bag, get, get, get to the job, get here, get there, but never sitting down and understanding that we too are not just magical, but we're winners. You understand what yes. I'm saying? We're out here. We're doing it. We're being single fathers. Mm-hmm. We're raising daughters we're raising sons we're raising black men we're raising black women you know what i'm saying there's so many bad constructs on the on the frame of a black man that i wanted to have something that said hey with all the mistakes and everything that we continue to make as black men we're still winners mm-hmm. just as black yeah. women just as white women just as white men any other race that's out here we are yeah. still I, winners i would and 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 I'm gonna top you when I I'm not trying to top you. I'm I'm gonna like uh build off of that. And when I say that like realistically, uh one of the things that I've kind of recently we if you ever listen to our podcast, uh mm-hmm. to talk a big game podcast with me and Jamel Watson, is that like uh we talk about recasting and reshooting. So right. one of the things that uh we talked about was uh Black Panther and then we talk about like uh Superman becoming black. Mm-hmm. And I am firmly against the idea of recasting mm-hmm. for a Black Panther. And the reason being is because of the fact that, like, we as black men need to also accept the fact that, like, it's okay for somebody else to take the reins. Right. And then also be great with us. We can still be great and leave an amazing legacy, but then also pave a path for somebody else. Right. And so, and we as black men need to learn how to help support our, and I'm going to say black and brown because you're not, not all black people look like they from Hungawa. Uh, <laughs> and that's facts. So, so like, um, I want to say that like, we as black men need to be able to support the idea that a black woman can take a lead for us because of the yes. fact that we've done our part to make sure that she has a safe platform. Absolutely. So uh, then also on top of that, we're not meant to be in the same shoes as some white person. Right. So um, when it comes, and I, I use this as a reference to the, uh, the black Superman and the black, uh, the black Batman. Um, and so 
I don't think that we should be Batman. I don't think that we should be Superman. I think we should be Icon. Um, I think we should be Black Lightning. I think that we should be Black Panther. I think that that we just are super great people that happen to be Black. I think that your legacy should come before what you have done professionally right. or career-wise. Right. So I've raised... I am uh, Jason Blinks. I've uh, been a soldier for this country. I've went through Hurricane Katrina. I am a victim of sexual assault. I am a person who's pansexual. Um, and also on top of that, I feel like I'm a damn good dad mm-hmm. and a damn good husband, first and foremost. I feel like I am the person who will sit there and let you just be naturally you. Right. And I never be a good soldier. I can never be a good streamer. I could never be any of these other things if I didn't have to check myself and then realize that, like, to be the best man that I can possibly be, I have to be able to accept that I can win. I can do this. And I can push that on to somebody else. So um, it's not changing anything what you said. I just think that that's the part that we need to accept as black men. Come on now. We can, and we're, and we're going to drop a bomb. For that. Turn up. Uh, you want to give them, you want to give them uh, your, your, your Instagram handles and your Twitter handles so they can follow you. Oh man, you can find me at history W H I S S T O R Y W on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is underscore W actually. Uh, but also YouTube is actually hit just regular history W on Twitch as well. History W. Now, if you want to find a podcast, it is actually making history, history, making podcasts. Um, it is on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your actual audio uh biographical pleasures from in <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, man ty bro here we go ladies and gentlemen boys and girls people of all ages people who conform to gender norms and people who say you know what fuck that not today oh, shit. with that being said my name is history williams i've been on one of the baddest podcasts right now on the land outside of this guy's right here with that being said, man, give a round of applause for this man, Ty the Pie Guy. Kick it! Come on, you better kick it. You don't understand. Bro, I just want to do that real fast, dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for having me on there, man. Yo, I appreciate that you, was bro. lit, bro. You feel me? We appreciate you for coming on the show, Jay. Uh, thank you again for coming. Um, and this has been another one, guys. Thank you again for listening to the Black Men Win Podcast with your boy Tyler Pie Guy. Listen, we are out of here. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to us on all platforms. Again, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. We're everywhere and we're anywhere. All right. So yes. you can track us out, follow us. We have, we actually dropped a, um, we actually been dropping new episodes just continuously for a minute mm-hmm. now. Y'all like y'all like Yoki, y'all been getting some some like Loki, y'all been y'all been having it good these last two months, January and February, because I just been dropping content. But we're about to get back on right. schedule for March. Trust me, trust and believe yes. that. We're getting back on schedule for March. Y'all y'all had a My good God. nice premiere, but we getting back on schedule on March, okay? So um Man, you- 
I'm like porn, dog. Like, Yo, I be listen. I be drop. I literally be <laughs> dropping pod episodes like porn videos. Like it's crazy. Yeah, Do you hear it's me? Every it's, fucking it's, minute, every week, like you're getting something from me. Every I know people are yes. getting tired of me, and that's perfect because people been getting yes. tired of me since 2016. So that's great. All right, so listen, yes. YouTube us. Listen to us, watch us. Uh, make sure you should cop some merch. Black women, black men win merch. Uh, use the promo code THC fam twenty five percent off. You can go to my website. We'll have everything uh, in the description box with his uh, with JB's um, links and everything to his yes. podcast and uh, where you can find him as well. All right, this has been another one. <laughs> and we are out of here. Peace. Keep making history, baby.